Okay, so uh, a little bit of a different format for this afternoon for the time that we have left. Um, we're going to share a little bit of family news this afternoon before we open our Bibles, if that's okay. Um, so Emily and I, um, do you want to say something? You haven't said anything yet. Good afternoon. <laughs> that's good, that. I like that. That's good. Sure, just like you, short and sweet. Um, so, Emily and I, we planted this church about six years ago when we moved to Gloucester with our little family. Um, and at that point, there was just our family and one other family. Uh, and it's been wonderful testament of God's goodness and faithfulness to see him building this little church into what it is today over the last six years. Um, we've moved to what feels like about a million different venues. We've gone through a global pandemic and all sorts of other bits and bobs along the way. But God has established this little Jesus community right in the center of our city, and we are very grateful to him for that. Uh, and this afternoon, like I say, we just want to take a little moment of pause at the beginning of the year to just share a little bit of uh, what's coming up in 2024 that we can be excited about, uh, and also just a little bit of family news. And so if you're here for the first time, or it's one of your first times with us, uh, please excuse us whilst we do just a little bit of family admin. Um, or join in. Yeah, join in with the family admin, absolutely. You are, of course, very, very welcome. Uh, and I hope that what we share today will give you a little glimpse about of kind of who we are as a community and the things that are important to us. But you're very, very welcome. Uh, please excuse our family admin. And normal service will resume next week. So see you next week as well, right? Good, excellent. So two bits of family business. The first bit is very... Exciting. Ooh. So, in May, we are going to be holding our very first church weekend away. Yes. Uh, it is going to be a two-night residential from Friday the 10th of May until Sunday the 12th of May. And we're going to be going to TRAC, T-R-A-C, which is an activity center just south of Newant. Uh, we're going to arrive... Uh, on Friday afternoon after work or school or whatever we're doing, we're going to hang out all day on Saturday and then we're going to finish on Sunday with some worship and with lunch together and then we're all going to go home. The main objective of the weekend is to have fun. Hey, good. Uh, as a church, we just we recognize that we are really focused on action, we're really focused on mission, on activism, we're really focused on outreach and on personal sacrifice, but we recognize that we are called to be a group of people on mission together and so this weekend is really about growing together as we go forward and we just recognize that we're called to be a group of people on mission together so we I just literally just said that um, thank you we'd love to see an outcome of this weekend being that we all grow in our love for one another our relationships with each other and so that's the plan so practically speaking we will be uh, cooking, sleeping, eating, having fun and games together at track over the weekend. There will be dorm-like bedrooms. There's a big catering kitchen, which I'm very excited about. Um, various indoor spaces to hang out and just loads of outdoor space to play games and be silly and have just a whole laugh. So just think like big adventure playground with bunk beds. It's going to be good fun. Um, everyone's just been put off by the bunk beds. Do you feel that in the room? Oh, I'm quite excited about bunk beds. Anyway, um, so... Practical details. The cost of this weekend is going to be £52.50 per person, which includes accommodation, access to all the on-site facilities and activities, plus three communal meals. So that's £52.50 per person. So, for example, a family of four coming for the whole two days will be £210, etc. Now, want everyone who 
calls this church home to have the opportunity to be at this weekend for the whole weekend if they want to. Um, and we're aware that f there's like a whole spectrum of financial circumstances in this room, as there should be in any church. And so some of us might be thinking, hmm, okay, £52 for a person, that's pretty good value for two nights away, that's pretty good. And other, others of us are thinking there is just absolutely no way I'm going to be able to afford that. And so what we've done to kind of address that is we've set up a booking system, we've set up a website uh, where you can book your place on the weekend. And when you make that booking, there will be a ch couple of choices of how you can pay. So when you go on that website, you can pay the full price for yourself and your household, £52 per person, simples. Or there's also the option just to come on the day, on Saturday, if staying over the night is a barrier for you. Or you can pay half for your ticket if you want to. Or if you're on benefits or you have no regular income, then you can come completely for free. You can opt for that if you want to. You can have a free ticket. However, there will also be an option to buy a ticket for someone else. So if you can afford to pay a little bit extra to kind of pay a ticket forward, then we would love to encourage you to prayerfully consider doing that to make sure that everybody from our church can come along to this weekend away. And so we're going to ask all of us to prayerfully and humbly consider how we book up to the weekend. As I say, if we're in a position where we can afford to pledge one or even two tickets so that somebody else can come, then please do so. But equally, if we're in a position where we can only afford half of the cost, or honestly, none of the cost, then don't we all want to see everybody here? Yeah? Everybody has to be there. That's a kingdom principle. So if you can't afford it, please come for free. Is that okay? Good. Thank you. Um, we are really looking forward to this, spending some real quality time together. Emily's looking forward to it the most. Um, there will be loads more details coming out in the coming weeks. So if you have any questions, we hope that we will address most of them in the coming weeks as we kind of publish some information. But if you have any really big concerns about this, please come and chat to Emily. You can email her at emily at gloucestervineyard.org. Uh, and you can book right now if you want to. That QR code takes you to the booking site. It will also be in the weekly email. And just for our own admin, it would be really helpful if you are going to come if you could book sooner rather than later that would be fabulous all good great right so first thing how wonderful i'm very excited um the second thing that we want to talk about and then we will open our bibles we promise um is a bit more personal news from daniel and myself um, after some prayerful consideration um, last year and talking with our trustees and our leadership team, um, Daniel and I have decided to take a three-month sabbatical this year. So in case you're not familiar with the term or um, just to ensure that we're all talking about the same thing, um, a sabbatical is a paid absence from work or a project um, in order to give that person or people um, a break, give them some space in the diary to invest personally and professionally um, and allow them to come back refreshed and restored, ready to carry on into the next season. Um, so Daniel and I will be stepping back from leadership and participation in church life for three months, um, starting after the church weekend away in May until mid-August to do just that. Um, it's not unusual for church leaders like Daniel and I to take a sabbatical from time to time. Ballpark for the Church of England is seven years, so if that helps, I don't know. Um, 
And we're going to be honest here. Um, in our experience, we have often seen sabbaticals um, be taken for one of three reasons. Um, the entitled time has come, and it's seven years, and I'm entitled to my sabbatical. Thank you very much. Um, the leaders are burnt out, or the leader's marriage or faith is on the rocks and really needs urgent care. Um, and we just want to clearly state that um, none of those applies to us. Um, so we don't see this as an entitlement. Um, we are tired, but we're not burnt out. Um, and we love each other and God very much. Um, so we're not doing this because we're questioning our role as leaders either, um, or questioning our love for you all. Um, Many of you will know that we are really passionate about Sabbath, um, where we take a weekly day of rest and delighting in God's creation. Um, and we see this moment um, of sabbatical as um, a natural extension of that, of um, creating sustainable rhythms so that we can lead for the long haul um, with joy and intent and faith. Um, we love you all very deeply and spending three months um, away from you will be extremely difficult for us um, because leading this church is one of the greatest joys of our life. Um, we really love the challenge of it, the opportunity to meet people, um, opportunity to lead people to Jesus and um, see people growing in their love for him and growing in our own love for Jesus as well. It has been a journey. Um, the last six years have been a chance to do the thing we love for the person we love. Um, and we just want to thank you all um, for the faith that you have put in us and the hours that you um, give towards the vision of this church and for the way that you love us personally and our family um, and allowing us to lead you. Um, but this sabbatical is really acknowledging the reality that planting a church in the way we have, um, learning on the job in the way that we have, um, doing so with a really young family, alongside other job jobs, through a global pandemic, um, and all of those things basically add up and they're taking their toll on us as leaders. Um, so, after six years, Daniel and I are tired and we just recognize that there are many ways that we're not necessarily leading this community as well as we could simply because of that. Um, we also acknowledge that our community has transitioned from that of a church plant to an established small church and that in itself just requires something different from us as leaders. Um, as many of you will know and testify, um, we are learning to lead and to do this role as much as the next guy. And we could just do with some time and some space to regroup and invest in our leadership for the next 7, 10, 20 years. Um, so here's the main headline. We would love to continue leading this church. And we believe that's what God um, would have us do too. Um, but to do so well and hopefully better in the future... We just need to take this opportunity to step back for three months, to rest, recharge, and then restart with fuel. Full, full tanks, full fuel tank, full fuel, fuel tanks. Um, exactly, full fuel tanks. Um, so, what do we hope this sabbatical will achieve? Well, we've just mentioned what we hope the sabbatical will achieve for us as leaders, um, but we also hope that this will be a great opportunity for this church community um, that actually on the other side of sabbatical will be a community who even more owns and loves and invests in the church and the work of the kingdom 
um, because we acknowledge that sometimes we can be a bit of a bottleneck um, and we would just love to see what happens when that's removed. <laughs> yes, we're going to go crazy. Um, so how is the church going to function without us? I hear the details people of you asking. Um, well, we as a leaders team, we have... Um, looked at, ev we literally wrote everything down on a piece of, like a massive piece of paper, lots of them, um, and looked at everything we're doing um, and have kind of scaled things back, simplified things where we can. Um, and whilst we're off, um, Claire, alongside Aaron and Diane, will be taking over the pastoral responsibility for the church and will be in charge of kind of overseeing the day-to-day -day running of things alongside the rest of the leadership team as well. Um, so can we just say a big whoop for Claire, Aaron and Diane for um, agreeing to step into that role, absolutely. Um, Hannah Curzon will continue in her role as safeguarding lead. Give us a wave, Hannah, woohoo. Um, and Darren Rio, he's one of our trustees um, and he'll be overseeing things from that point of view as well. And um, we have a wonderful collection of home groups which will continue throughout, supported by Ryan woo, and Claire. Um, and in terms of Sundays, um, we're going to be working over the next four months to ensure that Sundays can run effectively. We're chatting with the team leads, um, we'll be getting some guest speakers in and all of that to ensure um, that Sundays run as smoothly as possible in our absence. Um, overall, business as usual. Invite your friends, welcome people, invite them to your home group. Um, vibes and Grow Baby will continue throughout, uh, Chai and Chat, Super Sundays, they will all continue through the summer term. Um, just a couple more things to talk about, a few personal practicalities. Um, so Daniel and I will not be coming to anything church related for three months. Um, we will not be receiving updates and we'd just ask you to respect that and allow us to step away completely. Um, we had some really sage advice from people who've done sabbaticals before and they're like, if you're going to do it, do it properly and like do it once and do it well kind of thing. So they said, just switch off, which is wonderful. Um, our children may still come along on Sundays, um, but they understand our boundaries um, and why we're doing this. Um, and they've agreed to support us in this um, and in not bringing any church stuff home to us. They've been amazing. So please keep your eyes open for them if they do turn up with a grandparent or a friend or whatever, all of you. Um, uh, we will be paid whilst we're off. So Daniel and I are each paid one and a half days a week for church um, and the trustees have agreed to keep paying us during our sabbatical as well. Um, but what does this mean for you as individuals? Um, if you are already serving on a team, you know what to do. Please support whoever is the team lead. Um, if you can find ways to step up, be more involved, then please take them. If you see things that could be done better, let the team leads know or <coughs> do it. Um, and that would be w brilliant. Um, but that opportunity taking also applies to welcoming and integrating new people. So you guys, you guys are the best. Um, you guys are the friendliest of bunches. Um, but Sundays are not only a moment to catch up with our friends, but to be expecting and seeking out new people. Um, to be inviting them for coffee or a game or your home group. Um, we would love to come back and hear how new people of all ages and stages um, have been integrated from just attending on a Sunday to like catching up in the week. Um, there's also lots of little bit jobs that now we're making a list, we're like, huh, why are we still doing that? Um, that we do fairly regularly 
any one of us could do. Um, so it may look like taking a little small responsibility off us and owning it, like slides for a Sunday, for example, um, to enable the church to function well. And finally, um, if you are thinking of joining or leaving this wonderful community, we would just love to encourage you to do it prayerfully, encourage you to do it in conversation with others, um, but to do it well and do it as soon as possible from now so that our time away is as simple for Claire and the rest of the leadership team as possible. Overall, as we said earlier on, um, part of the outcome of this sabbatical should be a greater ownership of this church by this church community. Um, and that this is kind of a, a bit of a line in the sand moment when um, this church can stop being like Daniel and Emily's little church plant, which it has been for a long time. Um, and when we can really start to function as a team, as a body, as a family, um, to own and contribute towards the vision that God has placed before us more than ever before. Daniel and I plan to come back from sabbatical, refreshed, ready to lead this church into the next chapter of life, to prepare and expect multiplication, to invite and expect miracles, to see people coming into the kingdom and press into sustainable rhythms um, to lead for the long haul. Um, so that is the plan, that is the news, that is the family business. Um, so if you have any questions or concerns, then please do um, chat to us in the coming weeks or send us an email to hello at gloucestervineyard.org and we'll get back to you. Amen. Amen. Hilarious. <laughs> Marvellous. Okay, normally by this point on a Sunday, we've had several moments to turn to our neighbours and talk to them, and I'm like, if, uh, yeah, so let's all just stand up for a minute and, like, stretch it out, give someone a high five, shake someone by the hand very, in a very civilised way. It's like the most stilted high fives I've ever seen. People are like... Daniel told me to high-five you. I don't want to do this. That's much more like it. Okay, okie dokie. With the time that we have left, I'm just going to really quickly introduce our series for this term. Um, every year as a church, we have a little tradition where we read one of the four biographies of Jesus. Oh, hello. Hey, aha. That was very exciting. Thank you, my friend. Um, where we read one of the four biographies of Jesus' life uh, that we find in our Bibles. Um, and we read those biographies, thank you, between Christmas and Easter, between the moment when Jesus is born and the moment when Jesus dies, we read the story of Jesus' life. And you may well know that there are four different accounts of Jesus' life um, in our Bibles. They're each written by a different person. Each of them has a slightly different agenda. They're written for a slightly different audience. And reading all four of them, you get this really three-dimensional picture of Jesus, because you get to see him from four different perspectives. And frankly, the picture that you get is distinctly human. You really get a chance to see Jesus in all of his humanity by seeing him from four different perspectives. And so over the last few years, uh, we started by reading the book of Matthew together, and we highlighted Jesus' message about the kingdom of God and what the heck that means. Uh, we then read the book of Luke, written by a guy called Luke, and we highlighted Jesus' heart for justice and how justice is the, at the heart of the good news. And then last year, we read the book of John, and we looked at Jesus' relationship with his father. So this year, we're going to finish our first four-year cycle around the Gospels, and we're going to be reading the book of Mark together as a church. 
And the way we're going to do that is that each week we will be encouraging all of us to read a chapter or two of Mark. Um, each week there will be a podcast, um, and that week's chapters will be read to you. So if you're a person who doesn't like uh, reading, then we have, somebody will have written it, uh, read it for you, so you can just listen to it whilst you walk to work. Um, uh, and then on the Sunday, those chapters that we've just read in the week before will be unpacked. And then for, in some of the home groups, we'll then unpack it further in community. And so there's basically kind of loads of chances to read and uh, listen to it explained and then ask your questions. It's a really good way of really meaningfully engaging with the life of Jesus like never before. Um, that way we all kind of, and we all read and digest at the same time and at the same pace. Now, in the past, I've personally found these series to be really fruitful, and I'd really encourage you um, that this is one of those moments as we step into a new series that the more you put in, the more you'll get out. So the more you engage with this, the more you read along, the more you kind of discuss it as a home group, the more you come along on a Sunday, the more you put in, the more you'll get out. So if you've never really asked questions about Jesus before, this is a great chance to do so as part of a community, which is the way that Mark was designed to be read, and to ask your questions. We love questions in this church. We're not scared of questions. The scarier the question, the better, from my perspective. We like scary questions. Um, if you've been a Christian forever, then this is a great chance to allow Jesus to surprise you. Anybody ever heard that phrase, familiarity breeds contempt? Yeah, it's true, right? Kind of a little bit worrying when you apply that to Jesus, though. Um, now, if you're like me and you find reading the Bible regularly is actually really, really tricky, then this is a really easy way to give it a go in bite-sized chunks uh, and alongside everybody else. Because if you read a bit and you're like, what? Then there's like a couple of moments during the week where you can bring your question and ask your question. And the person you ask your question to will go, <laughs> it's good fun. We'll do it together. You know, it's good fun. It's good fun. And so, as I do every year, I extend the invitation to all of us here to commit to this, to have a go, to open our hearts to see how Jesus might meet to us and speak to us at the beginning of a new year. And so, the gospel according to Mark, if I could recommend anybody who's never read the Bible before, if they're like, I want to read the Bible, where do I start? I would recommend starting with the book of Mark. Um, because reading Mark is like reading an action film. Mark is not, I said earlier on, Mark is not at all bothered with the birth stuff. He's like, no, boring. We're not reading any of that. He doesn't bother with any long lists of who Jesus is related to. He's like, nope, not reading any of that. That's boring. He, uh, nobody bursts into poems or songs. Like, this isn't a musical like some of the other biographies. Like, you're reading some of the other ones, and you're like, why are you singing all of a sudden? I don't like musicals. I'm, what, what's going on here? No, Mark doesn't bother with any of that. Mark... Mark's account of Jesus' life starts with a car chase, a fist fight, and several oversized explosions. It's fabulous. Have you ever read it? Okay, so maybe not quite. So there's no car chase. But it's not far off. The first couple of chapters, he just cuts straight into the action. Straight out of the gate, there's evil spirits flying out of people. People are getting miraculously healed. Jesus immediately falls out with the powers that be, and they immediately start plotting to kill him. It's like, pow, explosions. Mark is action-packed. It's really, really fun to read, and it's really, really short. And Mark, the guy who wrote it, he has an agenda when he wrote it. He wanted to ask us, the readers, a question. Mark is absolutely obsessed with this question. Um, and it actually seems that he's not alone. It's the question that the world seems to be obsessed with asking and answering. And that question is this. 
Who do you say that Jesus was? Who do you say Jesus was? Jesus Christ is, with, I think, absolutely no close comparison, the most influential and significant human being that ever lived. There has never been a person who has made a larger, more longer-lasting impact on the planet than Jesus. It's no coincidence that we used to measure our time in terms of BC, before Christ, and AD, which stands for Anno Domini, the Latin's for you, I love you, um, which basically means after Jesus, so before Jesus and after Jesus. Our historians are kind of trying to backpedal from this now, but for ages now, we've been defining our history in terms of, well, did that happen before Jesus or after Jesus? Historians have agreed that Jesus seems to be the pinnacle and the centerpiece of history. He is a significant guy. H.G. Wells, who wrote um, War of the World, said this, I am an, am an historian. I am not a believer, but I must confess as a historian that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all history. And the fact is that Jesus' life, his message, and his church have been the most influential, formative, and impacting influence that this world has ever known. His church has opened more hospitals, homeless shelters, charities, and justice projects than anyone could count. The roots of the human rights movement, the end of modern slavery, and yes, even feminism find their roots in followers of Jesus, inspired by his message and his example. There's another quote from a historian. This guy is called Philip Schaff. I have no idea who he is, but I found it on the internet, and it sounds great. He said this, This Jesus of Nazareth, without money and arms, conquered more millions than Alexander, Caesar, Mohammed, and Napoleon. Without science and learning, shed more light on things human and divine than all philosophers and scholars combined. Without the eloquence of schools, he spoke such words of life as were never spoken before or since, and produced effects which lie beyond the reach of orator or poet. Without writing a single line, he set more pens in motion and furnished themes for more sermons, works of art, and songs of praise than the whole army of great men of ancient and modern times. Ever since Jesus' arrival 2,000 years ago, the world has been fascinated by this man. Challenged by him, angered by him, inspired by him, motivated by him, changed by him. Jesus is, I would argue, the most fascinating person that has ever lived. And so Mark's big question becomes one of the best questions that we could spend our time asking. Who was Jesus? And more to the point, who do I say that he is? Who is Jesus? And who is Jesus to me? Maybe we've never asked that question before. Maybe we're here today uh, and we've met loads of people who claim to follow Jesus and who claim to live by his example. Um, and maybe that's been enough to grab our attention. Well, if so, then that, this series is for you. It's a chance to ask that big question, who is Jesus and who is he to me? Um, I'm going to kick off this term with the possibly 30 seconds that I have left, reading the very opening verse of Mark um, to us. So Mark 1, chapter 1. 
It says this. This is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Mark is introducing his book to us, and he says, this is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And that is pretty much the only moment in this whole book where Mark will pin his colors to the mast and say, you know that big question, who is this Jesus? This is who I think he is. I think he's the Messiah, whatever that means. I think he's the Son of God, whatever that means. Mark is pinning his colors to the mast and saying, for me, this guy Jesus, he's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. And what Mark's going to do for the pages to come is he's going to lay stuff in front of us. He's going to tell us stories. And you'll notice as you read those stories that at the end of them, most of the time, there's just like this little moment where Mark just kind of looks at the people and he observes what the people do. And the people are like, we have never seen teaching like this. It has such authority. And Mark's like, see? And Mark's like, Oh, and people are asking, who is this man? Who is this man who comes and does things that we've never seen before? Uh, This series, right in the middle of it, Claire is going to speak on the most important um, moment in this book. Well done, Claire. Which is bang smack in the middle of Mark. And it's a moment where one of Jesus' followers, Jesus turns to him and says, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And that is the question that Mark lays before us. Who do you say that Jesus is? This unbelievably influential man from 2,000 years ago. And so that is what we as a church are going to be digging into over the next term. And I invite you to come with us. Sound good? Sound good? Good. Okay. Kiddos, welcome, welcome, welcome.